Welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life. I am your host, Mark Turcotte, and I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Wednesday, August 19th, 2020, and boy, do we got some good things to talk about today. Apple and Epic continuing their epic battle here moving forward here through this year, and we even had a Nintendo Indie Showcase uh, that was pretty neat, and uh, the WWE is doing something that's pretty, uh, pretty outlandish. But pretty crazy. But before all that, first, of course, here at top of the show, don't forget you can email me, theenthuselife at gmail.com. Love getting emails from you guys, so please, please send your emails over. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Mark Turk. That's M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And if you do want to help support the show, you can find the link down in the show notes and get exclusive access to the Patreon-only Discord and even get access, early access, I should say, to the monthly Patreon episode and even have a chance to be on that podcast. We're actually recording that later today, um, so you missed your shot for this month, but if you want to be a part of it for next month, you can find that link down in the show notes. Well, guys, today, let's kick it off here, obviously talking about the big battle between Epic and Apple. And so things have been ramped up even more. So if you remember, Epic basically put out uh, this update to Fortnite that completely bypassed Apple's, um, I don't know, what what do you want to say? Their their monetary stake in Fortnite. And essentially what Epic did was they made their V-Bucks, which is kind of their currency within the game, made it where when people bought them, they could buy them at a cheaper rate directly from Epic and bypass um, Apple's, uh, you know, their cut essentially. And it even did the same thing over on the play store on the Google side, but obviously Google hasn't really t- gone to the extremes that Apple has gone to. So Apple pulled it off the store. Epic was ready, of course, right away to put out that nice little video that basically mocked Apple. So here's what, uh, Apple's done. And this was, uh, kind of came to light when Epic put this tweet out. They said, Apple removed Fortnite from the app store and has informed Epic that on Friday, August 28th, Apple will terminate all our developer accounts and cut Epic off from iOS and iMac development tools. We are asking the court to stop this retaliation. So essentially what that means is anyone who uses, well, let's not say anyone yet. Let's just say Epic themselves, any tools they use, um, essentially meaning Unreal Engine, which they also own, uh, they will not be able to use and basically get it certified to use on uh, the Mac or on any iOS device. Of course, that even includes not only the phones, the iPads, but also Apple TV, which Apple Arcade is a very big part of uh, Apple's uh, service on the TV. So what ultimately this can do, and what people are, and I'm sure Epic is a little bit concerned about, because part of their business is not just Fortnite uh, you know, making that game. It, it, they obviously have a storefront now over on the PC, but they also license Unreal Engine. And Unreal Engine is a tool that many, many video game developers use. You probably remember, if you own an Xbox 360, practically every game you played on the Xbox 360 had that Unreal Engine flat splash screen that would show up in the beginning. Obviously, this is carried forward even to this generation. You see it all the time, especially even on mobile games now. A lot of mobile games are even made on Unreal Engine. Why? Because I believe it's free to start, and it just seems to be kind of like the standard. It's a very uh, user-friendly game development tool. Now, I'm not a game developer, so I can't speak so much to that, but... Hell, a lot of games are made using Unreal Engine. I mean, I even know our very own uh, Phantom Flyer, uh, one of the patrons and, and listeners of this very show, who is going to school for game design. Uh, if you listen to our patron episode where he pitched you know, one of his projects at school and kind of his passion project for, for gaming, 
he, I know, uses Unreal Engine for some of the, the things that he uses. So it's something they even teach people in schools to use. Now, the fear here, I mean, obviously Epic themselves, not having Fortnite, not being able to push any other games onto uh, the Mac or iOS, could somewhat be devastating, obviously. But the fear and what people don't really know so much yet is that it also makes it possible that this could potentially hurt even third-party developers. So other people just using Unreal Engine. This could ultimately maybe come around and, you know, kind of bite them in the butt. And essentially, when you look at Apple, especially having Apple Arcade, I don't know what the percentage of games on Apple Arcade are made on Unreal Engine, but ultimately, like, are they kind of going to screw themselves by doing that? But, I mean, that that's a pretty drastic, and, and I think Epic kind of put the words catastrophic uh, retaliation for this. So it's like you have these two companies just kind of throwing out their weight both ways. You know, first you had Fortnite trying to sneakily do their thing, even though they clearly knew what they were doing. Then you have Apple saying, all right, well, we're going to pull it down. And then you have Epic saying, all right, well, we're going to put out this dumb video, you know, of, <laughs> of us mocking you. And Apple said, okay, well, that's cool. We're not going to let you use Unreal Engine on any of our devices and probably your third-party uh, developers as well. I mean, what is going on with this situation? It's crazy. I mean, and I, I laughed, uh, uh, one of our Patreon members, Lagnus, he said, he's like, you know, you basically have this, these two multi-million, potentially, I mean, really, Apple's a billion-dollar company just fighting for no reason. Like, what are we doing here, people? Like, we're we're fighting over, you know, the ability for someone to run around as, as Batman and do the floss. Like, I, I mean, come on. I don't know. It, it is kind of silly when you step back and really look at it. But, of course... This is the world we live in where money means everything to these companies and hitting your goals and, and you know, you have stakeholders and all of this, not just the companies themselves, but I'm sure there's, I mean, obviously on Apple side, I'm pretty sure Epic is a public company. You have uh, shareholders when it comes to stocks. They're going to fight and do everything they can, you know, because if they don't, when it comes time for that uh, earnings call with all your shareholders, you're going to have to explain why you didn't do anything when suddenly you lost this big revenue stream um i don't know where this ends like i, I don't know what we do here like the, what are we doing like it's just kind of crazy to me that this turn that epic has taken i mean you go back i mean when did fortnite come out now is it three years now we're kind of on you go back three and a half four years i think about like when paragon came out and i'm playing paragon and it's like oh epic they're the guys that made gears like that you know and i always knew they had unreal but like epic was known for gears of war they obviously left that license to microsoft to let them do their thing but other than that, like an, an Unreal Tournament, of course, but, you know, they, they kind of fell away as a big player in the gaming space outside of their them creating the development tools. And suddenly they've become like the juggernaut and just making changes. Like I, I said when we talked about the, the original um, kind of um, reveal of this story is that Epic... You know, they've changed and forced the hand of like Sony and even, I mean, to some extent, even just the console companies in general, forcing crossplay. Like crossplay really became a thing because of Epic now. And like it's now one of those things that just almost needs to be a standard. Like people just expect it in their games. Now, what are we going down? Like, it, are people just going to expect now or Epic's going to try to push it so other companies now say, hey, wait a minute, I don't even want to give you a cut. Like, I, my game should just be on your store. Like, just the fact that my game is on your store should be enough. Because what's, I mean, really, what's the incentive for Apple to put Fortnite on their store if they don't get a cut of any any payments in there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is Fortnite driving people to the App Store? 
people already own an iPhone, like so they're gonna use that store, right? I I don't know. I, and again, I, I'm not taking sides in any of this. I think it's just almost fascinating. I I just I am that meme of Michael Jackson eating the popcorn, like just watching this battle happening. It's it's crazy. I don't think we've ever really seen anything like it uh, in the game space outside of like the console wars, and this is even beyond that. This is just. It's nuts. The stakes here, the amount of money that's at stake in this is just just wild to see. Um, so, hey, we'll see August 28th. We'll see what happens. As of right now, nothing has come. I think Apple even put out a statement uh, kind of regarding, um, you know, Epic's now uh, filing these court injunctions and all this stuff. But um, August 28th, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a pretty, pretty interesting day, I have a feeling. All right, well, next up today, Nintendo had a uh, Nintendo Indie World Showcase uh, yesterday, showing off some indie games coming to the Nintendo Switch, which, you know, by the way, I, I love that, like, the uh, PlayStation Vita was kind of like the indie game platform to take on the go. I mean, I guess ultimately we could say our phones are kind of that, but, man, the Switch has just really found a, its niche, I think, where you're able to just jump in on these games and play them, uh, you know, these just indie games you may not have played otherwise, I mean, to the point where you even have games that are available on other platforms, I mean, even on Game Pass, on Xbox Game Pass, and people still want to buy them on uh, on their Switch just because they want to be able to take them anywhere and play them anywhere they go. Now, of course, that could change with Project X Cloud, right? That's that's maybe why Microsoft is kind of doing that, especially because you'll be playing that through your phone. Uh, but you know, I just I love that they've kind of found that niche. Uh, for themselves. So a couple of the games they showed off here that stuck out to me. The first one definitely is Hades. Hades from Supergiant Games. Uh, fantastic studio. Their their pedigree in video games is just awesome. Uh, this is like a, a dungeon crawl crawler that's been on PC for a while. I actually don't even know. I mean, I think it's officially out. It came out in early access about a year and a half ago. And uh, I wanted to jump in, but, you know, kind of reading about what it was, I was like, you know what, I'm going to hold off right now. But this may make me jump in. Now, one of the cool things is that it is going to have cross-save support, which I just mentioned, right? That, that this is kind of neat that we're getting uh, some of these games where you can play them in both places. Uh, having cross-save support, I think, for that game is awesome, especially for those people that jumped in with early access on the PC. Now you can take over all that progress, all of that and take it on the go with you. Now, Supergiant Games has been known for their uh, just soundtracks, even in some of their games. Uh, Bastion is still, to this day, one of the best video game soundtracks, Even especially if you've even never played that game. Uh, you need to play Bastion. It is awesome. I remember back like when Chris and I recorded our old video game show, um, and we went to that E3, and we saw it for the first time, and uh, we even had, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now, but he's like the, the main developer of that studio, Um had him on our podcast. I mean, we were super stoked for that game, and it definitely um, just met all expectations for us. Uh, it's awesome, awesome game. And, and that game was kind of an isometric, um, not really a dungeon crawler game, but it was an isometric uh, ARPG. And so Hades kind of extends that, I think, but just in this whole new kind of world that they created. Um, and everybody that I have know that, played, that has played Hades uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, let's see. They also announced that uh, the uh, Untitled Goose Game uh, is getting a free two-player cooperative mode on September 23rd. So you can now play as two geese wreaking havoc amongst uh, all the people and solving all those puzzles out there. Now, I will say I don't know if that's also coming to uh, the other versions of the game. I would assume that it is. Um, it could be, you know, kind of a, a timed exclusive on the Switch. Uh, but that game I did mention was on Game Pass. 
And uh, that's where I first played it. And uh, it is just a joy. It's one of those games you play. I mean, ultimately, you get to the point where you kind of get stumped on the puzzles. But walking around as this little tiny goose, honking, waving your hands, screwing around with the people. I mean, essentially, that's what the game is. You got to progress through the levels by solving the little puzzles that may open a door or cause the, the person to... I don't know. They, they start giving you objectives like, you know, make the man put on the cowboy hat or make the man uh, turn on the water. Like all this, just weird things like that. And so you are literally a goose doing what a goose can do, which is honk or flap your wings. And you're just terrorizing these people. It's 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 really it's kind of weird to put it in these terms, but it's delightful. Like it really is. And the fact that you're going to be able to do it with two players because. My daughter and I played, and we were having fun, but we were kind of having to pass the controller around, and really, I was letting her play, and we were kind of talking the puzzles out loud. I think being able to have two people play uh, is going to be great. Like That really looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to play. Uh, they also mentioned that Torchlight 3 is heading to the Switch, which is perfect. That game definitely needs to be there. You know what? I haven't jumped into Torchlight 3 yet. That was a game I was actually really, really excited for, and then they kind of mess with the multiplayer i guess like i don't even know if the multiplayer is really there yet and it launched in early access which was kind of a weird thing um for that game because it had been in development for so long um so i i i'm optimistic about that game at some point i do want to jump into that game but i i was really hoping that game was going to have like a full-fledged multiplayer in it um and i think right now it really doesn't so you're kind of just playing like a diablo clone in that torchlight world which hey torchlight one and two great games right absolutely great games but i think right now i was looking more for a multiplayer version of that um but hey bringing it to the switch uh, I think is a, a cool thing. Uh, there was a cute little game they showed called Bear and Breakfast, where you're literally a bear running a bed and breakfast. It's part adventure game. It's kind of a sim game. Uh, I think that was kind of cool. The innkeeper's name is Hank, that you play as Hank the Bear. Um, just a neat little indie game. They're always, you know, putting out the kind of these funny games. Um, the Subnautica series is coming to the Switch. We're seeing that. I mean, obviously, I mentioned Hades. We mentioned uh, um, Torchlight. Here now we have Subnautica on uh, Subnautica Below Zero, two other PC games coming over to the Switch. I mean, that, that's what I think I like about the Switch is we've been able to see these ports. I mean, these companies are able to support these games that a lot of people may be missing. If you only own a Switch and don't own a PC, you're able to get these games and other versions, you know, on that portable uh, portable console. I think that's awesome. Uh, let's see. There's another one coming called Garden Story. It's uh, coming out in 2021. You play as a town guardian. Uh Con cultivating life in in a grove in the concord grape grove which is kind of interesting i mean, I guess it's kind of like uh what is it um ah, i can't think of the uh what's the game it's stardew valley you know that that type of thing and this game actually here, here we go this was an interesting game spirit fair uh it actually is already out it's a management game that has you exploring the afterlife and helping to shepherd souls to their final resting place crazy kind of a just a neat little game it's actually out like i said already um on on the switch i love that when they do those surprise just releases like put it out put it out there already um so uh yeah that's uh interesting interesting games there man nintendo bringing but that's the thing the big question right now is what are we getting this fall like what is the big nintendo games coming this fall we really don't know yet like nintendo that's kind of where they're lacking right now we don't really have anything big coming out like i you know i think everybody was kind of hoping i mean obviously this wasn't going to show us that but everybody was kind of hoping that at some point we were going to get a, you know, like a Metroid, which I think Metroid still is far off. I don't think we're anywhere near there, but uh, rumors are running this week that we're going to get a uh, Zelda Skyward Sword launch or, or like a remake over on the Switch. 
I would be down for that, especially if they trimmed that opening hour, which are, I mean, it's even like a couple hours. It takes forever to get going in that game. Uh, I really hope they could release that and trim that down. And then there was even the rumors. I don't think, is it next year is the Mario uh, 30th? I think it's next year or 35th, whatever it is. Um, there was rumors that we were going to get like every game, basically. And there were there was like a Galaxy and a, a Sunshine remake. Like all that would be super cool. And I think Nintendo could get away doing that. Like, could you imagine? Like, if they're going to make a Mario compilation. I mean, they obviously did the old Mario compilation with like Mario All-Stars. And then I even think they did the, was it the 25th anniversary they did? Um, and they had uh, all the games. I was on the Wii. But if they did one that had like Mario 64, Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, Mario Sunshine. Like, that would be a hell of a collection, man, if they were able to pull all that off and put that on the Switch. I mean, that right there, you'd be good to go for a while. I, You know, I know they want to sell those games to everybody kind of piecemeal, but I think it would be really cool uh, if they did that as, as one giant bundle. But, hey, we don't know what they're coming out with really this fall yet, so we'll see. I mean, we're, we're just months away uh, from when, when they should be dropping a big title. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, one game I've actually been playing here, but I haven't been able to talk about over the last couple weeks, is uh, Eastern Exorcist. This is a game that's available on the PC. It's coming to the PS4 as well. I'm um, doing this as a review for Game Insider. And uh, it is a 2D action game, a side-scrolling game. It's coming from uh, developer Wildfire Game and uh, publisher Billy Billy. It is a um, Japanese-inspired game, uh, but it also has... Uh, I'm sorry, it's a Chinese-inspired game. Uh, but it is coming... Um, from a Chinese developer as well. Uh, it's very similar to like if you took Dark Souls and even like Sekiro uh, or even Neo, kind of that. Um, I'm even gonna say kind of that that battle style where it, it is very deliberate in the moves that you do. You do have a stamina meter. Um, it, the art style is really neat and kind of how it looks. It's like these hand drawn backgrounds. Uh, even the characters themselves are kind of hand drawn. Um, the story itself initially, because the thing is, is the game right now is in early access on PC, so it isn't out yet. So the review for the game, we decided we are going to actually hold off on. We weren't, we were unaware it was going to be released in early access, so we're going to wait on putting the game out or the review out for the game because uh, I do want to give it some time. But playing the game, um, story-wise, it, it's a little bit early on, so all the dialogue, everything is in Chinese. Uh, there are subtitles, which isn't a problem, but I'm, I'm having some problems kind of really getting invested in the story itself. Um, the combat, as you start to open up skills and abilities, because as you play, you have a sword. Uh, you eventually learn that you how to dash. But then the, the big hook of the game is that when you kill an enemy, you then have to quickly perform an exorcism on them. So if you don't do that, there's a little timer, and they'll respawn and come back. So your job is to kill them and then do an exorcism and it starts to get to the point where you have multiple enemies on a level and you're kind of you eventually get the ability to kind of dash and sprint around you may kill an enemy on one side of the level quickly have to dash over to kill another one but you got to get back in time so you can quickly the exorcism literally it's a button you press you kind of hold your hand up for a few seconds and they take them out you have to be moving around fast so as the game moves on and as it starts to th throw more enemies at you it starts to get much more hectic. Now, you do start to open up a skill tree where you have these abilities um, with things like flying daggers or um, there's even like ice you can get, different things like that um, you are able to start using. So that does help to some extent as you go on. There are boss fights. Um, I think for me right now, the, the one thing, like I said, the story isn't pulling me in right now, but then also the way it... The way it's like kind of fragmented, like I almost want to say, imagine like Metroid, how like you go... And even maybe Super Metroid, let's say. You go to a level, and you go into it, and it like uh, it's almost like a standalone space. 
and you kind of fight in that space. There's enemies in there. And when you get to the door, you move to the door and then it moves to the next segment. That's kind of how this is structured, where there's these little like segmented blocks. When you look at the map, it's literally a bunch of squares with little like lines in between them that connect them. So you kind of know, okay, well, I need to go to this square. I need to go to two stages over, right? Two screens over, I guess maybe is the right way to say it. Like a screen is a whole stage. But it feels so just somewhat disjointed. Like it doesn't really blend together. So right now it is early access and it really feels that way to me because of that. Like it really feels just separated in, in kind of an odd way. It doesn't feel complete and I don't really know what they could do to fix that. But hey, early access, I think that's what they want. They want feedback like that. They want people to talk about what is up with the game. Like what? how are people feeling? In the end, I think the combat that they have there is could be somewhat satisfying. I mean, there's been some boss fights that I've been in, into that I've failed at. And it was one of those things where I was like, all right, I learned my mistake. I know what I need to do. I'm going to go back in and do this, you know, or I know that these are the tells of the boss. It's one of those style of games. Uh, so people that like that stuff, this is it for you. It's not necessarily a roguelike because when you die, you will respawn and go back to, they have these shrines where you level up in. Um, so you go back to the shrine um, and you do lose a little bit of your currency because when you kill things, you get these souls forget what they call them, soul shards or whatever it is, and that's where you're kind of upgrading your abilities. Um, you're also buying potions to heal. Um, so it, it's one of those games, but it is, it's it's neat, it is fun, but I think they still have a little bit of a ways to go, and, and maybe that was kind of the feedback and why they didn't release it yet officially, and why it's not even on PS4. Like, I think they, it needs to follow like the Dead Cells path. Like, Dead Cells came out in early access, a lot of people buzzing and enjoying it, it was a lot of fun, but then, you know, they held off, wait to, until it was really feature complete and had that thing like toned in or zoned in. Then they put that out on P on um, consoles and all that. And I think that's what they need to do with this before. Cause I think right now they put it out on PS4. It just would not, wouldn't go over so well. Let's put it that way. Uh, let's see. Let's shift gears again. I was said uh, yesterday or the other day, I want to talk about my first play through of Gloomhaven, which of course is that massive, uh, board game, but it wasn't Gloomhaven. It was Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, the a little bit more bite-sized version of the game, but that still weighs probably about six pounds, um, <laughs> six or seven pounds. Um, yeah, so I set it up. It was uh, it was last week. I got my daughter to sit down with me. We did the first scenario. She thought it was super cool, like reading, you know, in the beginning, the kind of the narrative story that's happening, and you're coming across like this, uh, you know, destroyed. I forget what they, it's like a rock cart on the side or something like that. And, you know, there's enemies there and you got to kind of fight there. And, and the fact that we were heading to Gloomhaven ourselves on a little quest, she thought that was neat. The mechanics of the cards took her a little bit to wrap her head around, I think. And it wasn't really because, I don't want to say because she didn't understand it. It was just one of those things like she she was more focused on being the one to go first because that's what when you play it's like you know, like a role-playing game you have initiative you roll for initiative who's gonna go first who's gonna go last she kept thinking in her head like i have to go first and i had to tell her like you and i are a team we're working together like don't always focus on going first because that's not always what's best now unfortunately the first scenario they give you you can't really lose like they don't really make it hard enough and so we just kind of breezed through it and, and and got through it pretty quickly um we were only able to do the one um, we've not had time to do a second one. She definitely wants to play. Um, unfortunately, I'm not sure if my wife is going to be on board to play because we because I said I want everybody to play. And, you know, my son was doing his thing. I think he still was doing some schoolwork. My wife was just on the computer. She's like, ah, you guys just go ahead and play. So I said, all right, well, let's do the first scenario. I said, maybe we can do this again with everybody later. 
my wife overhearing me explain it to my daughter and read <laughs> read the uh, you know scenario and all that stuff. My wife was looked at me and she's like. Just hearing you talk about that, I am never playing that game. And I'm like, what? Come on. Like, really? Like, it's not, you know, it's not that bad. It's not that hard. And she's like, no, nah, I have no interest in playing that. So I don't know. So, there, you know, it may just end up being a daddy-daughter game. You know, we may have to end up playing. But at some point, I got to get people over here because I really want to jump in. My brother-in-law, I was telling him about it. I texted him. He thinks it's awesome. He thinks it's exciting. So I'm going to get some people over to play this game at some point. I mean, obviously, the pandemic is kind of hurting that a little bit. I even got a guy at work I know that would want to play. Um, so we're going to jump in at some point. So my my excitement for Gloomhaven has been a little bit knocked down, really because of my wife. But, <laughs> but you know, it's at some point, I'm going to get in there. But, hey, I'm, I'm telling you, that digital game still, like, the, the game itself, the concept of the game, I'm loving it, man. Like, it, it is such a neat, neat game and I can't wait for multiplayer to come to that thing because the the digital game it's funny like I dip in it's kind of my like quick go-to game even though the scenarios really aren't quick you can save it on the digital game it's kind of like my go-to of just like let me jump in here and kind of just pick my brain for a little bit try to get through a scenario and that's what the game kind of does as you play it Um, and so that's what I'm almost a little bit concerned if my daughter and I do keep playing it that it might get a little too much especially if she's more focused on just "Ah, I just want to go first you know (laughs) it's like no we need to work together in this and you got to feel your character out Um, but overall she dug it which uh, which was kind of cool but uh, all right well let's wrap it up there guys again big thank you here always here for tuning into the show I don't forget you can email me theenthuselife at gmail.com and of course hit me up on twitter at mark turk that's m-a-r-k-t-u-r-c And uh, like I said, if you want to help support the show, you can find that link down in the show notes. Become a patron of the show. We appreciate all the support you guys give us. And heck, even if you're just pressing play on that play button, thank you so much because that, of course, means a lot as well. So until tomorrow, I will be back. I'm sure we're going to have some good news, good things to talk about as always. And until then, we'll catch you next time.